All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have Tracy and Paul from Assault Fitness. Now, some of you may remember Tracy's episode that we did a while ago. If you've been listening to the Business of Fitness Podcast, we dove into how her and Roger started the company, what that's been like, and how it's grown exponentially, specifically in the CrossFit space. Today, what I want to get into is a little bit different. Now, today's episode is pretty short. But there was two main things that I really was excited about. Number one is, if you're a gym owner out there and you're having trouble with your assault bikes, Paul dives into a number of different ways that you can improve the longevity of your bike and what they do from a customer service perspective. I would definitely take them up on it. From my experience, they've done a great job with the customer service side for any of you that are having trouble with your bikes, which we have had in the past. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is that with Tracy, you know, I knew that a lot about her and she was the founder of the company and, and her background. But with Paul, I wasn't quite sure his background. But when we dove into it, one of the things that we recognized is that he was an entrepreneur. He did have his own company, but he decided to shift out of that and start working for Assault Fitness. And I thought that was an interesting point that he chose to no longer have this entrepreneurial side and instead work for another company because it allowed him to be more happy and utilize his strengths and he's never been better. And so I think for all of us out there, there's something to be taken away from there is that you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to own a company, but you have to find out what you're good at and go pursue it. Now, before we get into the episode, I definitely want to let you guys know that if you're a gym owner, if you haven't checked out the NC Fit Collective session plans and programming on our custom app, I would highly recommend it. If you're out there programming on Sunday night for your gym, if you're looking for a 30-minute class, a 45-minute class, a 60-minute class, we have you covered. We designed these programs for our coaches all over the world, and now we share them with gym owners everywhere else. We curate videos, we curate a ton of content, and we'd love for you to at least give it a shot and check it out. If you could email collective at nc.fit or visit our Instagram channel, ncfit underscore collective, we would really appreciate an opportunity to earn your business. Now, that being said, let's dive into the episode. Let's learn what we could do to kind of keep our assault bikes running and uh, hear a little bit more about assault fitness. Let's go. So we are at our Campbell gym. I am uh, here with uh, Tracy and Paul from Assault Fitness, right? And we are discussing uh, the Assault Bike, kind of where it was, where it's going, and also the Assault Runner. And, you know, I wanted to kind of start this conversation by saying that at our gyms in the Bay Area, we have a number of locations. And a while ago, I said, hey, Tracy, I'd like to, you know, explore having Assault Elites at one location, Assault Regular at one location. Then we got the Rogue Eco Bike, and we also got the C2 Bike. And these are at all of our different gyms in the Bay Area, and I wanted to kind of put them to the test. And I've been pleasantly surprised with how well the Elite Bike has held up and the feedback from our members. It's exceptional. And so I want to commend you on getting to that point. But what I'd like to talk about right now is, is your original Salt Bike. And if you're an owner in the CrossFit space or the functional fitness space, and you have your original assault bike, what kinds of things are you guys doing on a regular basis from a customer service perspective to ensure that everybody who has one of your bikes is having the best experience possible? I know, Paul, you're kind of more on the customer service side. So are you taking these on like uh, on a regular basis? I mean, are you guys sending out new parts to people? How's the warranty looking? What should people know about that? So we have a, um, we have a customer service team at the corporate office. Um, and basically, when someone calls in, um, 
there should always be someone to answer the phone immediately and take care of the customer. And service is as simple as providing the serial number of the unit. Um, and once the serial number of the unit is captured, we have all the data on the back end. We can see when the bike was purchased, where it's been, things like that. Um, and then the customer service team will diagnose the issue depending on what it is. Um, the, the biggest thing on our bikes, which I'd mentioned, was maintenance. And why maintenance is so important is because if you keep up with general maintenance on these units, you're going to get the longevity out of the bike. It's just like anything you own. You can't drive your car forever without changing the oil or spark plugs. At some point, the car is going to break down. So by doing some general maintenance, which is posted on our website, uh, making sure certain bolts are tight, um, making sure that the chains are lubricated, you're going to get that longevity out of the machine. How much longer do you think, I mean, because for us, we have a gentleman who comes here and helps us with this, but for those owners who have never touched their bikes, how much longer do you think they get out of their bike without any um, new parts, had, assuming they maintained it better? I mean, are we talking years? Yes, you're talking years. You, you really double are. double the life of it, depending on how much use it gets on a daily basis. But absolutely, yeah. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, this is a really great feedback tool for a gym owner out there. If you have the assault bike and you just, at a basic level, keep the chain lubricated, make sure the bolts are tight, um, that's already a step in the right direction. Is there, and then there's additional instructions on your website. Is that correct? Correct. And there are also videos as well that people can actually watch someone performing the maintenance on the actual unit. So once you've seen that video once or twice, you know exactly what to do and what to make sure. So one of, I shouldn't say the biggest issue, but what happens on any bike, even on road bikes, uh, my background used to be triathlon. So I always had bicycles. And again, they required maintenance as well. Is there's something called a bell crank. And what the bell crank is, it's where the actual pedal arm connects to the actual crank of the machine, the crank onto a bell crank. Over time, what might happen is the bolt that is holding that arm onto that crank yeah. loosens up slightly. Uh. And if you do not make sure that it's tight, what happens is the actual bell mm. crank, which houses the complete inside, starts to round out because there's play on it. Once it starts to round out that bell crank that it's pushed onto, you really can never, ever get it fixed. You have to replace the bell crank. So, the biggest thing we ask our customers are to make sure that that little bolt is always tight because if it's on tight, the crank arm you're referring to, correct, the crank arm onto the bell crank. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but basically into the frame. It's exactly what it yes. is. If that that's one of the biggest issues we have, but the easiest thing to rectify if you keep up with your maintenance because it will not happen. But with that said, with the new way we do things too. Um, it is actually pressed onto that arm at the factory now at a much higher spec. So it actually almost seals itself on. You're talking about the new Assault Bike and the Elite. Correct. Both of them. Wow, it's um, very interesting. Yeah. So we did that. And then another thing, a few years ago, we found out that the linkage arm, um, which is that big long bracket which connects the pedal to the actual arm, the yes. base of the arm, yes. um, bearings were having issues. It would start to knock um, on the machine, and we found out from our engineers that the bearing in there, because there's so much torque, especially when um, 
athletes are using it as a high-intensity oh, yeah. training tool. Oh, yeah, when you're sprinting on that thing? Yeah. You have so much torque on that, and the stress had nowhere to go. So what would happen is it would tweak that bearing, and you would have bearing issues. So what we did was we redesigned an entire new piece, and we put in what was known as a spherical bearing. So it's actually a bearing on the inside of the bearing where the bolt goes through that actually pivots. So as you place stress on that arm – that stress actually has somewhere to go. It has ah. some play. And when we introduced that, it took care of that totally. We never, ever had an issue with it. And we were proactive that we actually reached out to a lot of the bigger gyms that had our product and actually sent them out brand new bell cranks, even though they never had issues with them yet, just to make sure they were taken care of. Wow. I mean, this is a really cool conversation for me because I think a lot of gyms out there have the assault bike. And, you know, I think it's no secret that some of them have been falling apart, right? And I think what's cool about you guys is you're kind of steering right into the problem, recognizing it, and doing the best you can to rectify it. Um, what I'm hearing as a gym owner is that with some minimal maintenance, it could save you some long-term costs in the future. Correct. That's pretty cool. Um, one more note on that. Do you recommend any type of like Loctite on the bolts or don't mess with that? Just tighten it down with the crank. So, yeah. So, if if a major bolt does come loose, like that little bolt. If you call us, we'll actually send you out a brand new bolt that has the Loctite pre-installed on it. Or if you remove the bolt um, and you clean it off with a wire brush, because once Loctite has dried and you re-tighten it, it'll never seal. It's already cured. So what you need to do is actually clean off the bolt um, you can get Loctite from Home Depot, yeah. any hardware store. It's very inexpensive. Put a bead around the bolt, screw it back in, give it a good tighten, let it cure for five hours, six hours. And once that cures, you're good to go. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, and this is the first time I've ever heard this, this information before, which is really cool. And Paul, you seem very knowledgeable and you seem... And you're on the sales side. Yes. So this is really intriguing for me because, you know, Tracy, you, you're, you're, you're a founder, right? And Paul, you're on the sales side, yet you're referring to what I would say is like a technical specs and you seem like you're very knowledgeable in that sense, which I think is really, really cool. So I want to kind of back up for a second. I think we're recognizing how there's a way to improve, but as a business, you guys have evolved and grown. I think any business needs to evolve and grow. How did you guys know it was the right time to put out a new bike? Because you went from the old school assault bike to the new uh, Elite, which is slightly different, right? How did you guys know it was time to shift from old to new? I'm, I'm curious on that. Well, we call the classic a classic for a reason. So we think it fits exactly where it is and it hits the metabolic conditioning and everything that it's being used for. The elite bike, we're always striving. We're we're a product company, right? We're sales and marketing. And so the elite bike was always intended to go to the clubs. And it's, so it's got a different feel, but it still fits in that assault family. It has that feel. It still uses the chain drive. It just has some things that are a lot smoother on it. So for us, it's always reaching different channels. And as far as improvement, we're always looking to do that. And, you know, Paul and our whole sales team are really, really good about knowing the technical stuff. It's not just like, you know, smoke and mirror kind of show. Like we want guys like this in the field that are there. I mean, he works day in and day out with customer service. 
it's a very transparent, we're a pretty small company and we all work together to smoothly operate. And so, because when you get that feedback, right, he's a sales guy. And when he comes and talks to you, they're going, Hey, this happened and this happened. If he's like, Oh, I don't know. Call customer service. We look like idiots. That's right. And I think that's, well, and so now you, you talked about expanding a new channels and how this elite bike has provided a new channel. I would also say that the, um, your runner is obviously a new vertical channel and even a new category, even a new category. Sense, right. Yeah. And, and so when you're looking at, at your business, are you saying, Hey, we have the CrossFit channel, we have the in club channel and your goal is to diversify that out as much as possible or what do you guys talk about when you're thinking about that in particular why why diversify out i mean <laughs> well because there's so many places they get i mean crossfit has been amazing to us and to our company and we you know we started in crossfit and it was athletes like you that actually got hold of our product and we're like hey this is great and it it literally grew like through grassroots efforts like that. But it's like the NFL, you look on the sideline or SDSU, all these teams, all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, they have our bikes. Like it's amazing how it's expanded. And so there's so many more opportunities to use our product because they fit any fitness, whether it's rehabilitation, whether it's, you know, recovering from a surgery or whether you're a top athlete. And so for us, that's what we do. We sell equipment. So we want to get out to every channel that we can. Yeah, I think that's smart. I mean, I think diversifying your offer, diversifying your 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 lines, right? And we talk about that a lot in our gym. So in our gym, we are founded in the foundations of CrossFit. But as time has gone on and more more members have came through our door, we've recognized we have to have a variety of programs to basically fulfill their needs and to broaden our net, right? And it's not to say that this original line wasn't good. It's just we need to broaden to continue to grow and evolve. And I think Paul, that kind of transfers into a question for you. You guys came out with the assault runner and I have one in my garage. I love it. And you know, it's, it, it's built like a, t- it's built well. Right. And from a maintenance perspective, you were mentioning that it's not really as maintenance. It's pretty maintenance free compared to your other products. And perhaps you could just explain the runner itself. And from a technical perspective, how it's built. Cause I have no idea. I mean, I just look at it. It just looks cool. So, yeah. <laughs> I, run, so, I run on it too. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the non-motorized treadmill, um, more and more people are looking for an alternative piece of equipment that's friendly on the environment. You don't have to plug it in. Um, you don't have upper boards and lower boards and um, a lot of pieces to wear. So, on a traditional machine, you can only get a certain amount of time out of a belt on even a full commercial machine, which can cost upwards of ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Um, so the premise behind the non-motorized machine is instead of having the slats running on an actual deck, they're actually supported by bearings on either side of the frame. That's all that supports it. There's nothing else underneath it. Um, there is a special belt which is used to hold the slats in place, and then that belt runs over those bearings. Right. Um, again, because of the material that we use on the slats, um, under testing, we're getting about 150,000 miles out of a belt, which most people don't even keep their car that long. So you can imagine how long it would take to wear out a belt on a treadmill yeah. when you're looking at 150,000 miles. Um the real maintenance on those machines are because the frames are solid steel. Um, once every 
couple of months basically lifting the belt and running your hands over the bearings just to make sure they're spinning freely. Um, if they're not, a dash of um, lubricant on them and then giving it a spin again because dust and dirt might have got into them. Um, we'll just keep it running smooth. Um, the nice thing is as well, if anything ever happened to the computer on a traditional electric machine, that machine is down. It cannot be used. Yeah. On our machine, you don't even have to have a computer. There's some manufacturers out there that make non-motorized machines that don't even sell a computer. You've got to pay three, four, five hundred dollars more just to get the computer yeah. with it. That's interesting. My, I, um, I, uh, I was donating uh, another. Uh, runner that didn't have that was non-motorized and the battery wasn't working on it but it doesn't really matter because the belt drive is what you're really looking for and you could just look at a clock and say hey one minute on one minute off whatever right. it is but the night the fact that you guys do have your monitors is is awesome and so you guys have shifted and your business has grown you've grown into these different verticals but your company's also grown in size and you know tracy you and i had talked about this last time you were on our show and you for those who don't you know, aren't able to listen to that previous episode, you, you do a few things where you try and truly take care of your customers, but you also say it kind of starts with your staff, right? So what are a few things that you're doing that maybe a gym owner or a business owner can incorporate into their business that doesn't cost that much money, but what you found to be like big ROI? Uh, and I, you yeah. know, I think it's really treating everybody the way you would want to be treated. And it's, you know, we started small, right? And it's truly a family business. It started with the core group of us and it's flexibility as we grow and, and it's keeping that balance of culture of, you know, being a little bit corporate where we need to be, but yet keeping that family feel and that mom and pop-ish. And some of the things we do, it's, you know, and I talked about this before, but like for morale, like it's birthday, we cater in lunch for everybody. Every day at lunch where our whole bottom floor of our um, office is a gym. It's a 3,500 square foot gym where we have a coach come in. Anybody that wants to do the workout, they have a coached workout every other week. There's yoga and we have a masseuse come in that does like stretching slash massage. Ooh, that's nice. Paul. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's good stuff. And, um, you know, and again, it's all stuff because we want people like literally when you pull up to the building, I want people to want to come in and want to work for our company and to really feel like they're a part of something. And that's what we strive to do. And I, you know, I take that to heart and I try and guys like Paul, I mean, Paul is a big part of our company. And I think he knows, I mean, he acts like an owner, like everybody has ownership of what they do. And there's a lot of pride in that. Yeah. I mean, you can speak to it more. I mean, that's, I yeah. mean, that's really what we aim yeah. to do. No, absolutely. I mean, I've worked for a lot of companies and, um, yeah. What drew you to assault bike? I mean, how long have you been at assault fitness for? So almost four years now. And, um, I started off 30 years ago in the fitness business with, um, a company where had around 25 stores and we grew it to about 130 stores. We were the biggest in the U S and, um, you were always working for a big corporate company at that point. Um, I was a district manager at the time and in charge of opening up new stores and that. And then I transitioned into opening up my own fitness stores in San Diego. Um, but retail was not what it used to be years ago. And um, I had met um, Roger and Tracy and they had showed interest that they wanted me to come work for them. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but finally I bit the bullet and I decided to go over and work for the company. And um, <laughs> they reeled you I, in. Yeah. Now you owned a couple of fitness. Yes. Cent so you owned uh, equipment. 
locations. Correct. So we carried high-end equipment like Precore and Life Fitness. Um, we actually carried the same brands that um, Assault Fitness manufactured at the time, just the bike. And then Assault is under the umbrella of a company called Life Core Fitness. Some people might have heard about it. So we they used to manufacture rowers and recumbent bikes and upright bikes for the home and light commercial. And that's what you were selling. And we used to sell it in the store. And so you shifted it. Did you have to sell that business or how did that go? So I basically, um, I basically my business partner took it over. And um, I transitioned into this new role um, for Assault Fitness. And I can truly say it's like belonging to a family. It's not even, you know, a lot of people go to work and can't wait for five o'clock to arrive yeah. and you have to leave. But um, it, it truly is like one big family. Well, I want to ask you about that. So this is really important, I think, for people who are listening, who are entrepreneurs or who want to be entrepreneurs. You were... You have an entrepreneurial spirit, obviously, because you started a business, right? Right. But you shifted out of that and now you're, you know, quote, working at a company, right? Do you feel like you becoming like in charge of sales, for example, has allowed you to utilize your skills better instead of worrying about trying to operate a business? Like, was it a good move? I guess what I'm trying to say is there's people out there who think that the only option is to be the owner, but that's not true. There's plenty of people who are extremely happy and extremely successful and not just in that owner entrepreneurial component. So do you feel like you've now taken your skill set and really been able to elevate it versus doing things you didn't really necessarily want to do when you're actually the owner there? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you hit it right on the head. My passion is helping people get into shape, staying fit, getting them the right piece of equipment. Um, obviously, when you own your own business, you're worried about paying <laughs> the rent every month and paying your staff and insurance and all the overheads that come with it that a lot of people don't even realize, the headaches with it. Um, and it's almost like a breath of, breath of fresh air when you, when you find a company that you can just gel with um, with seamless transition. And again, as you said, you're able to do the things that you're really passionate about and be able to concentrate on those things. And it, it's helped me as a person grow. And um, yeah, I'm just having the time of my life. That's, Paul, when he takes days off, he comes in, he goes, I missed you guys. Yeah. He literally <laughs> says it to the whole staff. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. So I, I think a couple, you know, first off, I'm super appreciative for you guys to be here. Um, they're, they're coming out here for my wife's um, major fundraiser, um, Ava's Kitchen. And you guys just jumped right at it and came out. And I truly appreciate that. But I also think it's really great the insight that you've provided today about how to you know maintain these pieces of equipment, where you're doing the different verticals you now expand to. And Paul, I thought that was really interesting for gym owners or for people to recognize that. Would you would you think that when you got out of that to your business partner, would you call that a failure, or would you say that by you getting out of it, you actually learned a ton by opening up that business? You're grateful every day that you did it, like because I think sometimes we're all so caught up that hey, you know, if we shut down a gym. That's a terrible fa failure. It's going to be all over social media. But in reality, maybe that was a huge learning experience. And now you're off to something that's going to really make you happy. Like It's a life lesson. They're all stepping stones. Yeah. And so is that the way you felt? Like, did you feel like that was a, that, that had to happen in your life to be where you're at today? Yes. I mean, I, I never, you know, mentally you sometimes might go, oh, I should never have done that. But yes, when you do look back at what you've done and what you achieved, I don't know if I could have got to where I am now without that. And the relationships that I n um, nurtured and found during 
um, my time having the fitness stores, and a lot of them have actually transitioned over to Assault Fitness, who now buy product from us as well. Um, it's it's a learning experience that I do not regret at all, and um, I use some of it in really everyday life. Yeah, that's really great. And, and, and so, Tracy, what are the next steps for Assault Fitness? So we've spoken before. I'm obviously fired up on your Elite Bike. Um, I've been testing out your guys' stuff. What are the next steps for where our salt bike wants to go? What, what is the next integration? What's the focus for the business? Are you going to be out at these sanctionals? Are you going to be out at the games? What's the plan? Yep, we're all of all of the above. We will be at the sanctionals. So I've got a crew right now in the UK for strength and depth. So my CEO is out there, uh, Garrett, who's our international sales rep. We're activating out there. We have our little blackjack going on, and we'll be at the next one here, which is MACC, I believe. Um, so yeah, we, we plan on attending all the domestic sanctionals and most of the internationals. Um, we will be at the games. And then as far as equipment, I mean, we're constantly, we have a crew that always has their head down in development. And, you know, we'll have different iterations of our bikes, treadmills. We have some technology we've been working on to work, you know, with the bikes that would work with all of that. And you and I have talked a little about that. I don't want to say too much because it's, yeah, it's in development. It's, in and it's, it's yeah. And it's rolling. Um, and that's really what we do. We're a hardware company and we take care of our crew and we just want to come out with the best product we can. I'm really glad that we talked about the customer service aspect and that Paul was here to really speak to that because I pride myself so much as a company owner on that. And it's really important because I do know people are out there frustrated and going, oh, they think there's nothing they can do. And it's like, no, call us, call Tracy, call Paul, call customer service. We want to take care of every customer I, out there. I will put uh, Tracy's <laughs> cell phone number on the, yeah, yeah. so. It, well, it's, what's your number, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, um, I just want to thank you guys again for taking the time today. Thank you for coming out to beautiful San Jose, California. And for all of you out there, keep uh, rising the tides. And uh, we'll check back in with you guys when you have more new things going on. Awesome. Thanks, Appreciate Jason. it. Thanks, Jason.